When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Hell. Uh, welcome back to Hertel. Okay, we've been covering these plea deals in the Georgia cases against uh, former President Trump and various associates. We have four of them now. Three of them are lawyers. So we're going to go to our lawyer, our resident legal expert. She's senior editor at Ordinary-Times.com, my personal editor, my particular friend. We love having her on the program. M. Carpenter, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thank you. All right. You were writing Ordinary Times. You wrote up a little bit of a law splainer. That's a explainer of the law for those of you from Logan. Um, this Sydney Powell thing and the Jenna Ellis one, I covered it on the show. I've already talked about it a little bit. The Sydney Powell one you wrote about in the latest piece, we're going to link to it in the Substack notes, hertel.substack.com. Here's the thing. I know the law is supposed to be blind. We have the nice little statues of the justice holding the scales and the blindfold and all that. I get all that equal under the law. I get that, too. Am I wrong, though, me, a person judging a lawyer who is trained in law, especially Sidney Powell, who was a federal prosecutor and a very high end lawyer as lawyers go before she went off the deep end? Am I wrong for judging them differently? I think I hold them to a higher account when it comes to breaking the law. Am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. She knows better. Uh, And I think prosecutors will also have that in mind although if she had gone to trial her attorney would uh, do his or her best to make it seem like she was just you know caught up in the 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 fervor of what she believed in and that you know to make her look like she's just the same as any other uh, defendant and then and that is how the law should treat her as though she is any other defendant and in my opinion it is treating her as though she is any other defendant yeah, here's the other thing that got me is when you have a Sydney Powell, when you have a Jenna Ellis, um, Chesborough is the other attorney here who's who's also taken a plea deal here. I find it just completely unbelievable when they say they didn't know or they were fooled or whatever. You can't have in Sydney Powell's case and Chesborough's case, these are career lawyers, decades in the law. Jenna's kind of a joke, but she's still a trained lawyer. I just find it completely incredulous when they go to their plea deals and they start talking about, well, I didn't know, or I was fooled, or I didn't understand. That that's There's no way that's true. There just can't be. Nope, I agree. Uh, and I know a, a lot of the arguments that I've seen when it comes to the lawyers is, you know, when it came to 
not necessarily in Sidney Powell's case, but in others where they thought, you know, well, hey, I'm just representing what I was told and that's what lawyers do. And that's that's true to some extent, but you can't swear to personal knowledge. You can't knowingly uh, put in the record um, something you know to be false. And a lot of what got them in trouble was not, uh, as Jenna cried, doing their due diligence to make sure that the thing they put in the record, sworn to affidavits, et cetera, had an actual factual basis. You have to do a little bit of investigation. You have to have something to back it up. Um, and sometimes maybe when you get to the Sidney Powell level, you know, you just accept, expect people to take you at your word and you maybe get a little loose on your investigative duties or your due diligence and don't think that you need to do it. You know, um, Sydney was mostly, most of her charges were conspiracy and had to do with, uh, and things she did going into the um, voting offices in, in Fulton, was it Fulton County, um, when she was not allowed to be there. And, and, you know, that maybe is sort of an obscure law or an obscure uh, statute that or rule that she didn't know uh, it's possible. But again, yes, yeah, she should be held to a higher standard um, by the rest of us. Now, whether the law holds her to a higher standard they should shouldn't, but I think a jury may have, and uh, may have led into her decision ultimately that she made this week or last week. I like in your piece at Ordinary Times, and we're going to link to read the whole thing. You really cut through the noise of this because you just put the actual document where th that she has to sign, initial, annotate every step of this plea agreement. Folks that haven't seen this, you put it up. It's in you know wonderful detail that you can read at ordinary-times.com. I don't think a lot of people have seen these. I've seen a few of them. But, I mean, it starts, it's almost like a lie detector test, like, what is your legal name? How old are you? This kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it goes through the granular details. You can look right down through here. Do you understand what they mean by pleading guilty? You're waiving your right to a trial. You're waiving the presumption of innocence. You're waiving the witnesses called to testify you. You're waiving the right to a subpoena. You're waiving the way to the uh, to offer any evidence on your own behalf. There's a whole list of these. They go A through H. That's how many they are. And then in your own handwriting, you have to rewrite whatever plea deal you're being given. In this case, it's the probation and all this. This is a very, very thorough two-page document that they sign. There is, And then you turn around and see some of the fundraising and the social media where they're claiming this, that, and the other. Talk about that legal process. This is very specific. Most of these cases, the judges actually go through these documents point by point. It's a long thing. I know it was with the Jenna Ellis one where the judge asks them these questions again in court, even though they've signed it. Talk about it because people are acting like this is a railroading process. This is actually one of the most thorough things we have in our legal system. And yes, I understand prosecutors abuse it. And yes, I understand they overcharge. But the actual mechanics of these plea deals are very, very thorough. Yes, absolutely. When you are pleading guilty, you are giving up one of the most sacred rights that we have in America, this right to a trial. And uh, because it's such a, a, a crucial right to be protected, that if you're going to waive that, we, uh, we as in the justice system, the criminal court system, is we're going to be very, very thorough to make sure that you understand exactly what you're doing. And so that's why we have these forms and they have them in some version, probably at every jurisdiction. They are not the exact same form, but the content is going to be largely the same. It's going to go through, like you just said, all of those things that you are entitled to as a criminal defendant. And 
and saying, you know, you understand that all of these wonderful rights that you have, you are giving them away by agreeing to enter into this plea. And that's why it goes over it in such detail and making sure that you understand what you are getting in return. And in quite often, and I believe is the case with Sydney, all you're getting is a recommendation as far as sentencing, a recommendation from the prosecutor. You're not promised that particular sentence most of the time. Judges don't like to have the sentencing power taken out of their hands. So very rarely do you get what they call a binding plea agreement. Um, so what she is getting in return is a recommendation from the prosecutor that she be sentenced to uh, probation. And my understanding is in her case, that's what she's going to get because she's a first-time offender. Um, that, that That's most likely the, the sentence that she can expect to get. So they're making sure that you understand exactly what you're giving up and what you are getting in return. Beyond that, um, the court, as you said, will go over these out loud on the record. And as I said in my piece, in my days as a criminal defense attorney, I used to talk to my clients when they wanted to enter a plea, and I would be very, you know, I'd go over this form very carefully with them. Uh, I'd read it out loud to them. Most of my clients could read, but I wanted to make sure that they didn't miss anything. Uh, and I would tell them before we go in there, I said, listen, no matter how many times the judge is asking you, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure you understand what you want to do? Uh, are you under do you understand what we're doing here? He's not trying to talk you out of it uh, because I have had clients where the judge is, has asked them that so many times. That they start to think he's hinting around that or he or she, the judge, is hinting around that, you know, you shouldn't do this. You should go to trial. And so I've had to tell them ahead of time, that's not what's happening. This is just the judge making sure you understand and that this is what you want to do. Now, a lot of the time in court, the judge is going to say, are you pleading guilty? Because you are, in fact, guilty. And the reason for that is that you're under oath when you are entering a guilty plea. And if you uh, are not guilty and you plead guilty and you stand there and say, I'll plead guilty, but I'm not guilty, you know, the judge can't accept it. The judge isn't going to accept your plea at that point. Uh, I wasn't privy to the actual proceeding with Sydney Powell, so I don't know if that exchange took place, and that form doesn't have that specific language, and my understanding is that the agreement was that she was conceding that there was a sufficient factual basis for her to be guilty of the charges that she is pleading to. Then she did turn around and say that she was extorted into accepting this plea. Well, yeah. In the way that all criminal defendants who take pleas are extorted, <laughs> in that they are agreeing to do something because the consequences of not doing so may be much, much worse. It's not extortion as an illegal type of extortion, but you do often have a defendant between a rock and a hard place. Do I roll the, roll the dice with a jury on seven uh, or more felony charges, or do I take this bird in the hand? And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult decision, especially for those of us who, are, who may be actually innocent of the charges against us. And yes, innocent people do plead guilty because it's often preferable to the, the potential um, for a, a, a jury conviction and a loss of um, liberty. So, um, but yeah, she, and she knows this, she's done this. She's, a, she's been a, a federal prosecutor. She understands exactly the situation she's in because she has most likely put many, many people in that situation herself. And I admit, as a former defense attorney, I, I feel a bit of schadenfreude to see a former prosecutor reap what she has sown because quite often these plea deals are just, just not fair, uh, but it's the best you can do.
So yeah, Ann Carpenter joining us, lawyer, senior editor at Ordinary Times. Here's the thing. I we've covered on this program, you know, I've covered it with you. We've talked about it before. The justice system, especially on the bottom end, lower end offenders, prosecutors abuse plea deals a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about some guy that got caught with a little bit of pot and got it pushed up to a felony and they tried to make him into a trafficker. That's not what we're dealing with here. This is a turn. This is somebody who's been a federal prosecutor. This is an attorney. She decided at multiple points to do this. So did the others, but we're picking on Sydney Powell here. This is not prosecutorial overreach. You link to this ridiculous piece from the Federalist that Sydney Powell put out in her newsletter about this extortion stuff. I I find it incredulous. Number one, but number two, here's what this really does. And I talked about this with the Jen Ellis thing where she did her tearful, I didn't do my due diligence nonsense. We have these people's social media. We have their press conferences. We have this huge body of open source information on their behavior. And then I like to juxtapose it with it, what, what they say in court, because court's the truth, because you're under oath, because your life, liberty, and your you know bodily harm is on the line, right? Because you don't want to go to prison. They're getting out of prison. She got, and you lay you lay it out, so lay it out in detail for us, as deals go for an extorted plea deal, by her words, this was a real sweetheart of a deal. Because it turns out, under the first offender law, she's probably going to get this all espunged. Yeah, exactly. So the charges, there's six misdemeanors that she's pleading to. And the recommendation is that she will get a year of probation for each of those to be served consecutively. So six years of probation. And at the end of that six years, she can petition the court to have it removed from her record because they are misdemeanors and because she has never been in trouble with the law before. So, yes, when the other option is to go to trial and risk conviction on felonies and potential prison time and, um, you know, lengthy appeals process and, you know, this wraps it up at some certainty. Uh, as I said, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on the law, but I believe that probation is the um, the sentence that under law she's going to be entitled to for these charges, it sounded like. Um, unless she would break the law and get in trouble again, she's not going to go to jail. So yeah, it would, be, it would be hard for anyone in her situation to turn that down. You know, um, I don't believe she was required to lay out a factual basis or allocute or stand there and say, here are the laws that I broke that make me guilty of these these misdemeanor conspiracy charges. Um, in some, and that's kind of a you know a good thing in her favor that you don't always get. Uh, most of the time, you have to stand there and say, "Yes, I broke into that house and I stole these items and I took them to the pawn shop." And you know you have to actually admit on the record what you did. Uh, there are there are exceptions such as you know the Alfred plea that everyone is familiar with, where you're basically saying, yes, I believe if I went to trial, there is enough evidence that a jury could potentially find me guilty. And so I would rather just take this plea agreement. Um, that is not always favor- favored by courts and judges because they don't like to have a defendant who doesn't take responsibility for their actions. But in this case, my understanding is, as I said, it was just a, yes, I think there's a sufficient factual basis, but she still pled guilty. She didn't, this was not an Alfred plea. So, you know, I don't think she's made to lay it all out. So that kind of gives her the the wiggle room to keep telling her 
her fandom and her social media followers and her newsletter subscribers that she's being treated unfairly by the court system. Uh, six misdemeanors for probation and expungement is not, uh, is not a harsh uh, deal for her. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. M. Carpenter joining us. It's not only not a harsh deal, it's a sweetheart deal. This goes to something else that you touched on in your piece as you you know, got down to trying to explain this is like the criminal justice system I'm quoting here is complex and scary for folks. And sometimes a plea deal is a life raft. It can even induce factually innocent people to plead guilty. We've dealt with that when we've talked about things like the death penalty and sort of things like this. If the deal is sweet enough, and that's why the courts are so careful. But this takes us all back to right where I started with this. This is not somebody that got caught up in the system. This is not some teenager that wound up, couldn't make bail and wound up a career criminal because they just got ate by the system. This is a 68-year-old woman who has had over 30 years in the legal profession at very, very high levels. By the way, Sydney Powell, before this Trump thing, was very well respected by just about everybody. People knew who she was in, in legal circles, right? This is not just like some person off the street corner. She decided to do this. I cannot weigh this and think about this and discern what's going on with these plea deals. And I know people put the politics like, oh, they're out to get Trump. Well, yeah, they're out to get Trump because he did something here. I just can't outweigh the fact that if there was ever an attorney who should have known better, it's the Sidney Powell's of the world. Yeah. And I think, like I said, she just probably felt kind of untouchable at this point in her life and her career that she could hide behind this veneer of her uh, reputation and her respectability as an attorney. And now what does Donald Trump say? Sidney Powell was never my attorney. <laughs> so she, and she finds herself, you know, under the wheels of that bus that, that Trump likes to send out. But he's probably, here's the thing. He's probably technically right because what we've been seeing in the Rudy Giuliani thing, mm -hmm. he never actually paid Giuliani anything. So right. this is more, and this goes to the other question I wanted to ask about you, because here's one thing I do think is unfair in this coverage is I think the media is doing a real, the news media, let me specify. I think especially the broadcast news media, every time there's one of these plea deals, they immediately go to, oh, this person has flipped. No, that's not good legal analysis. It doesn't mean they're flipped. They're saving their own skins. And yes, that means they have to usually truthfully tell whatever they know. But we have a lot of book on Donald Trump. Michael Cohen just, uh, you know, is probably the most famous flipper of the flippies, if that's the right nomenclature here. He just testified this week and it meant absolutely nothing. And he didn't get anybody. Trump has this thing, you know, you joke about the New York mob boss kind of thing. He people do stuff for him without him officially telling them to do it, at least legally speaking. 
we're laughing about it, but if you took it to court, that would probably hold up that she wasn't his attorney, even though he, she said he was. They were on TV. Did he pay her a retainer? Did he actually pay her to do any of this? Did he order to do any of this? That's actually probably a defense, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's true. My understanding is he did not retain her. She was, um, you know, working to overturn the results of the election, which was his cause, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Um, so he's probably correct. He never retained her to represent him. Um, but in the work she was doing was kind of of her own volition. Um, but, you know, it, it's just very Trump-like to disavow the people who are going down around him, even when they were on his side. And yes, yeah, she is going to be required to provide testimony for co-defendants uh, on be, well, I would say on behalf of the prosecution, but I mean that the prosecution would be the one calling her to the stand. I will say that she has already offered, or what we call you know, made a proffer to the prosecutor of what her truthful testimony would be. And we don't know what that is. And normally what happens when you have that situation is a prosecutor will say, okay, we have this potential plea agreement. I want her to testify, but I'm not going to give her anything until I know what her testimony will be. So they will do kind of an off the record or informal um, pr uh, proffer and and if the plea agreement falls apart, the, the understanding is that the prosecutor can't use that against this defendant. If, if the defendant gives this information, this is what I'll testify to, and the prosecutor decides it's not helpful, never mind, I'm not giving you this plea agreement, they can't turn around and use that in court against that person. So something that she has told uh, the prosecutor's office in this case they feel is helpful to them, or I don't think we would have this plea agreement, or at least um, not in its current form. So she is going to have to testify. Donald Trump feels pretty confident that it's not going to hurt his case, according to his most recent attorney's statement. So, you know, we'll have to see. But she did agree to testify, and despite her social media postings, something that she has agreed to testify to is going to, uh, at least in the prosecutor's view, be helpful to their case. Yeah, M. Carpenter joining us. Okay, looking ahead a little bit, of course, we've got the New York civil case. That's the Michael Cohen stuff I was just referring to. That's a civil case. There's not going to be any jail time in that unless Trump keeps violating the gag orders that he's been doing. But we'll talk about that some other time. We have the Jack Smith case in D.C. We have the other cases, the Georgia case specifically, which is what this is. This is the Fannie Willis Fulton County D.A. office case. This is a racketeering and conspiracy case. One of the criticisms of it was with 19 defendants all charged at once, unlike what Jack Smith did, where he just charged Trump and then he's kind of picking everybody else off as he goes. People complained and said, well, that's too broad. It'll take too long. Talk about it from a legal perspective, though, because a lot of the lawyers I talked to said, yes, it's probably too broad, but probably planning on almost all of these defendants taking plea deals or pleading out and pleading it down and things like that. Now we're starting to see that happen. We've got five of the 19 at least. There's probably more coming from what we understand from some of the court paperwork. Just walk folks through that as they watch. It's like these are complicated cases. They have multiple layers, especially when you have a, def a overarching defendant like Donald Trump that's got four different cases going at once right now. Walk folks through it, though. It's like, yes, but this is how the system works. You have a big conspiracy racketeering case. You have to work through all this stuff. That's different than a single defendant case like what Jack Smith's doing, which is different than a single case like the civil case up in New York. You really have to parse all these out to understand what's going on in them, don't you? Yeah. And when you 
have so many co-defendants or even when you only have two or even two or three co-defendants, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be tried together. They can all be contained within the same indictment, but the trials are often separated or severed from one another. I believe Sydney was going to, to go to trial with, with uh, Mr. Cheeseboro, the one other, one other defendant. So, and there was even a motion pending to sever those trials. So they can break it up and in, into smaller chunks. Um, usually people who their conduct was done in concert, you know, directly in concert with one another as part of an overall scheme that involved many people. So, you know, on the one hand, you could think, you know, all of these defendants and their attorneys should get together and agree that no one's going to plead and, and make the prosecutor go through all of the time and effort to get through all of these cases and, you know, demand to be tried together, try to make it as difficult as possible. But in reality, a lawyer has the duty to their specific client to do the best they can for their client. And so that's what we're seeing with these plea deals, which are, are good deals for the defendants involved. So it was a it was an ambitious undertaking to to put all of those folks in one indictment, but there is a way there are ways to break it off into smaller chunks. Um, but you know, the, the evidence of the wrongdoing of everyone involved would probably be included at the trial to the extent it is necessary to prove the overarching conspiracy. But um, they would not be trying all of these defendants at one time. All right. The piece is up at Ordinary-Times.com. It is called, of course, Sidney Powell is extorted. That's the point. A little bit of sarcasm there, but goes on to explain it. You're a great legal writer. We always appreciate you writing. More importantly, she's a great senior editor, makes all our stuff readable. Let folks know where they can follow you, keep up with you, and what you got going on until we get you on the lost plane again, because we got a bunch of these cases coming, so we're going to keep coming back to you, my friend. Yep, WV Esquire S. Uh, I'm on the the Twitter slash X and also on Blue Sky, so you can find me there and my occasional writing at Ordinary-Times.com. She'll lure you in with the legal analyses, but really she just wants to talk about her Corningware collection and the various things she finds at thrift stores like casserole dishes that she's very proud of. So if you want to get on her good side and get a follow out of her, that's the way to do it. M. Carpenter, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. All the music on her tell is provided under a creative content license from monstercat.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Folks, you've heard of Ethan Brown on the Hurt Tell Show a couple of different times, but if you're interested in learning about how to discuss things like climate change without all the politics and doom and gloom, head over to his podcast, The Sweaty Penguin. Sweaty Penguin is a late-night comedy-style climate podcast working to add nuance, critical thinking, humor, and hope 
to the climate conversation. They got over 100 episodes already, breaking down weekly news stories and specific topics from the vanilla to the ADHD to the international accountability to orangutans. Yes, I know, it's a comedy thing, so just go with it. But each time, exploring different ways we can make progress on these issues while still helping the economy, health, security, and everything else we care about. Feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or excluded by today's climate change discourse? This is the podcast for you. Find The Sweaty Penguin wherever you get your podcasts or at www.thesweatypenguin.com.